Anything interesting happen this week? <laughs> I don't think I've ever been as glued to CNN and online news feeds for so many days and so many hours on end as I have this week. My new best friend is Nate Silver in the 538 site. We've had four days of intense anxiety and waiting and fears. Will people turn out to vote? Will agitators in intimidate voters? Will poll workers tabulate accurately? We've been whirling and spinning and waiting. And then there's been the obsession, at least on, in our household, with every little uptick and shift in vo vote counts, hour by hour and day by day, county by county, the crash course in electoral college politics, and even the number of electoral votes per state. And then the geography lessons. It boggles my mind right now how much I know about Maricopa County outside in Phoenix, or that Clayton County is the county of Atlanta, Clark County, Las Vegas, Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, which Reverend Nate knows because he used to live there. And then that whole pressure cooker of tension and waiting just exploding yesterday. Jubilance was pouring out into the streets when the nation called the election. After 145 million Americans voted, there's an outpouring of emotion from over 145 million souls. There's 75-ish million erupting with joy and yet another 70 million wrestling with devastation. Now, personally, I'm, I'm wrenched by this huge divide and the demonization each side has had for the other. And yet, I'm breathing a huge sigh of relief that in the big picture, I see this outcome pointing to a repudiation of hate. Now, if you have had doubts or you still have doubts about the weight of racism, and the weight of exclusion and the weight of not embracing the stranger in this land and not embracing those different than us, just look at the intensity of the outpouring of jubilation yesterday, the dancing in the streets, dancing in front of the White House and St. John's Episcopal Church, dancing in city after city after city, and not just out here, what, at the West Coast, it was 8.30 in the morning, when the networks called the election, it went on into the night, late into the night. Within minutes of the call, Van Jones, who's a CNN commentator, and a lawyer, and author, he burst into tears on air. He said, now we can breathe. Black commentator Van Jones saying, now we can breathe. And you know he meant now, I can breathe. He said there are a lot of people who felt like they couldn't breathe. He said now it is easier to tell your kids that character matters and being a good person matters. I've never seen so much relief, so much rejoicing in the basics of honoring dignity and decency and honesty hospitality and hope. There's so much hope expressed on 
the streets yesterday and online. So much hopes in these basics that are actually basics of our Christian faith, where we're all created in the image of God, where we're all called to walk in love as Christ loved us, where we are to love God with all our hearts, our souls, our minds, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And where, as Bishop Curry said last night in the Bishop's Gala, where love is the cornerstone of community. So I come to this morning a bit tired, but also wishing that our readings were about uniting divisions through love and through Christ. I would have loved a passage from maybe Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the one that's read so often at weddings, love is patient, love is kind. It wouldn't have been great if we'd had the Romans, so we who are many are one body. But no, Reverend Nate and I do not get to pick our readings each week. The Episcopal Church follows what's called a lectionary, and it's a three-year-long calendar of assigned readings, and it repeats every three years. And so this morning we come with all our emotion and wherever we are on the spectrum, we come and we have one of Jesus's most befuddling and disturbing parables. A set of bridesmaids with oil lamps in the middle of the night are waiting for a groom and the wise ones have oil and they have extra oil. The foolish ones have a little bit, but they don't have extra. And ultimately the groom lets the wise ones who are ready with all their oil into the banquet and he shuts the door on the foolish ones who aren't prepared. And the groom, the Lord warns, keep awake. Keep awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This raises a lot of uncomfortable questions, which is actually what Jesus wants when he shares the parables and what he does. We're supposed to be disturbed and shaken out of assumptions and comfort. Inclusion, exclusion, isn't this the opposite of what the rest of Scripture reveals? Now, we can't magically give this parable a fairy tale ending, and I'm not going to contort myself into a fairy tale interpretation where everything gets transformed into nice, nice. Because as much as God is all about love, living and moving in the way of love is difficult. A life in Christ is a life that challenges us, pushing us to see brokenness and pain and alienation that we may not want to see, pushing us to acts of love and justice that we may not want to do, and pushing us essentially to grow more and more into the image and likeness of Christ. As much as God is all about love and wooing us into relationship with God and how God longs to get close to us, I think this parable points to an aspect of reality that not walking in a way of love, walking in ways of hate can have consequences and does have consequences, especially the consequence of the pain and separation from God. So perhaps one little part we could look at in this parable is what the definition of preparedness is. It's oil. It's having enough oil. 
the oil that is necessary to make our lights shine. It's oil we need in abundance and also oil that it the parable seems to point at is oil that flows within and oil that cannot be shared. Because in the parable, when the foolish ones ask the wise for some, the wise say they can't share. So this internal oil perhaps is the oil that fuels our lights. And this is the light we can share. This is the light that we can shine, the light of Christ. And the call may be here to store up on that oil. And this parable comes at the end of Matthew's gospel, a discourse at the end of Jesus's ministry before he's put to death. And it bookends the Sermon on the Mount, which comes at the beginning. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So what makes our light shine? Oil. It's the oil of God's love. And that oil is what fuels the way we live and move and have our being in the world. The oil of God's love ignites our own compassion, ignites our capacity to love one another by being merciful and humble and pure in heart. This is the oil we need to store up in those long times of waiting, those long times and sometimes times where we do not see, oftentimes, times where we do not see an end. We do not see when things will be made right. And in that time of waiting, in that time of preparedness, it's the oil of God's love that fuels us to be peacemakers, truth-tellers, and agents of God's liberating justice in the world. Now, the funny thing is, the more prepared we are, the more we are immersed in the oil of God's love, the more natural and easy it becomes to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. There was a study on heroism many years ago where the researcher took, went and talked to people who had risked their lives to save others. And these were moments when there was a split section, second of a decision to perhaps run into a bur burning building and risk that person's life to save another. And the researcher wanted to know, what made you do it? <laughs> what, what, what is the common thread amongst all these heroes? And the common thread was they'd lived lifetimes of building habits of kindness, of compassion, of respecting the dignity of each and every human being. So that when that moment came, when the moment where the crisis hit, what erupted was love and compassion for the other. And heroes were born. So our nation right now is walking through a new door. And our call, I think, is to stock up on this oil and to let the oil that we've been stocking up for, for years and for many of us for decades and decades, the oil that Christianity has been stocking up for millennia, it is time to let that light, that oil ignite our lights and shine brightly.
heroes we can look to. There have been some incredible speeches in the last 24 hours. Bishop Curry came to the Bishop's Gala last night on Zoom, uh, if any of you went, and he was <laughs> due to start at 6 p.m. and President-elect, Vice President-elect were just finishing their, their speeches. And Bishop Curry came on and gave a wonderful talk about committing our lives to love. And he pointed out that, that over time, Christians from the very beginning, once they made that commitment to love, once they start shining the light of Christ, their world was changed and the world around them was changed. So we're at an interesting point in this nation. Wherever you are on the emotional spectrum, the call in this nation and the call of God is to come together to love one another, to let the oil that is in our bones and in our beings shine through us, the oil of God's love. So let us go forth today, shining brightly with the love of Christ to all we encounter and in all that we do. Amen.